I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Wednesday. Jamie Roots out as the Houston Texans president. We've got the odds. What team would Deshaun Watson go to if he goes? The favor, Miami, then the Jets, then Carolina, which is surging, then the 49ers. So the teams for Watson, Miami Jets, Carolina 49ers, are the Vegas favorites. We will turn our attention to the NBA at this point of the year. Let's look at the title odds. Favorite Lakers, then the Nets, then the Clippers, then Milwaukee. Lakers are plus 250, big favorites. Speaking of the NBA, the Utah Jazz, 16-1 straight up after dispatching Boston. But they're also 15-1-1 streak against the spread. Here comes a four-hour of the Vegas Truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is Straight Out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it, I'm R.J. live in Las Vegas, live on a Wednesday, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. In studio, Mr. Steve Fezzik, looking a little rested. How you doing, Steve? I'm good, RJ, back from cashing Super Bowl tickets. Ooh, so you had your props. Now you have your premium props that you give at pregame.com. You went what? Nine and one. Ooh. So if you were one and nine, we wouldn't be hearing about it. Probably not. <laughs> uh, Guess who shows up for no reason at all to get his grandstanding and hot dogging in? You, man. But you also won some. Uh, I was in on a few parlays we did, uh, some correlated parlays. And RJ, we trust. Yes. Well, uh, no, I think it was a good collaboration. Well, you gave me a nice three teamer to bang, and it won. So, we'll, well, absolutely. Yes. All right. Well, listen, we got a little bit more to talk about with the Super Bowl. Kind of a last thoughts, but we got NBA, we've got Deshaun Watson talk. So sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. We're the pros. He's the Joe in L.A., Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we've got a boat parade in Tampa Bay for the Super Bowl champions, a quarterback calling out his own team for decisions that they've made and what he'd like to see done. But what is the Vegas lead here on this Wednesday? Hmm. Let's talk to Sean Watson. I believe that what we're seeing with the Texans, Jamie Roots out, is telling about the the reality on the ground in Houston. And let's be candid. There is a carousel of quarterbacks switching teams. And it's going to be maybe a better analogy is musical chairs. And someone's going to be left standing without a chair. And Watson, obviously, and think about it if you're like the 49ers, do you wait and hope to get hit the home run with Watson? Or do you maybe 
accept a double with somebody else because from all accounts, Watson isn't going to happen very quickly. If you think you have a chance at Watson, do you wait? So let's talk about the Texans. Yeah, and it's been a wild few weeks for the Houston Texans. All sorts of drama, all sorts of so- stories, people coming and going from the organization. The latest, their longtime president, Jamie Roots, resigned earlier today. Just another story and another development out of the Houston Texans organization. Okay, so Fez, let's quantify how good Deshaun Watson is. And what I want to know is how good he is versus a average NFL quarterback, not a backup, but an average NFL quarterback. So the theory is if you get, and we can use a Carson Wentz or some of the other examples here, and and maybe let's run down, you know what we can do first? Let's run down the quarterbacks that seem to be in play, right? So initially, and now he's in place, but Stafford, uh, how's he look against Watson? Watson's a point and a half better. So all the hubbub you're saying is a point and a half per game. Yes. Now, does that seem sufficient? Where do you have Watson at in your rankings? Number four. Okay. All right, so a point and a half. Jonas, does that sound right? Stafford, a point and a half less worse than Watson. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So what about Wentz? Wentz, we have a three and a half point difference. Well, that doesn't seem sufficient. Where, where do you have Wentz at right now? Number 21. That seems high. So, wait, you had Tom Brady entering last year <laughs> at 19. And Not now my best have, work. Now you have Wentz at 21. So he's just a smidge worse than Brady. So Super Bowl or bust, I think, for whoever gets him. <laughs> Let, let's talk about Wentz for a minute. Jonas, you have your finger on the pulse of the media, and, and I say that sincerely. Isn't it wasn't the assumption of when Peterson was fired that there was a choice between Wentz and Peterson, and thus by firing Peterson they chose to try to make Wentz work a couple weeks that it's like a sure thing he's going to get traded. I mean, do yeah. we have any reporting on what happened in that interim time? Because to get rid of both Peterson and Wentz, I don't understand it. Well, and also when you factor in that they hired Nick Casario or, or the uh, um, uh, the head coach that they brought in, they he he's a guy from Indianapolis who was on Frank Reich's staff. Staff, and so when they bring him in, and you see sort of the co- correlation there and the connection there, to play it's, okay. Yeah, so so it would seem like, all right, let's find somebody who is at least up to speed with what Carson Wentz had success with. He's from Frank Reich's staff. That would make a ton of sense. And then only to find out Carson Wentz still wants out. And there's a lot of people who are surprised that Carson Wentz is even still on the team. They thought it, the deal was going to be done this past weekend. I've heard it was supposed to be done by now. And so the fact that he's still there is really surprising people because they thought he'd already be a goner. So it's your understanding that the reason he's being traded is is it's Wentz's strong preference. Yeah, that he wants out. Okay, and don't you think they would have discussed that with him before they fired Peterson? It's really bizarre. Um, And it's Nick Sirianni, the head coach, not uh, Nick Casario. Um, But yeah, it's really bizarre. And when they brought in Sirianni, everyone just assumed, okay, perfect match. Because at least if you can't have Frank Reich, you got the guy. And now you find out, no, 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 he's gone. And I know from hearing from a lot of people talk about it, in these meetings they had with coaches – 
they couldn't really give a firm answer as to whether or not Carson Wentz was going to be the quarterback. And that might be why they ended up with Sirianni and not a bigger name coach, because no coach who's got enough leverage in the league or a coach who's got options and opportunities out there is going to take this job with that so in the air when it comes to their quarterback and who they're going to move forward with. Well, I don't know. It seems to me if you're not a head coach that these days – Unless you have another offer at the same time, you take whatever offer you get. I mean, if, if you think about it, college coaches that got hot, NFL coordinators that got hot, their time comes and goes. And, and, and you can think about the coaches that literally it was like, who's going to get this coach? Who would NFL, like Lincoln Riley, right? It's been a couple years. It's like, who's get, could Dallas get Lincoln Riley? Now, again, he seems to be rock solid. But you see that happen, and then two, three years later, you kind of think, wait a minute, this guy was up for NFL jobs? And it happens all the time. So I don't often see coaches – I mean, can we even count on one hand the reporting on this guy was offered this job and he said, no, thank you? Wouldn't you agree in general they take whatever job they're offered? True, but I also think there were better candidates available than Nick Sirianni and mm-hmm, the fact mm-hmm. that he got the job. Just No, no, I, I agree. I think the Colts yeah. connection or, or the, the right connection was the, a key there. Yeah, and, and also just the fact that it was not a bigger name like a Brian Dayball or, or Eric Bieniemy or some of these other head coaching candidates that were out there that were, that were thought to be higher up on the list than Sirianni. Well, I mean, I think with Bieniemy, I think we got to question that premise. Right. And I'll tell you this, and we'll talk about it in a little bit in our final Super Bowl thoughts. But let's assume, and I think everyone agrees, Andy Reid, uh, his lack of adjustments in the Super Bowl was very unusual and very unexpected. Would you agree with that, Fez? Absolutely. Just uh, let Mahomes get pressured the entire game, no adjustments. Yeah, the theory is you start throwing screens. or Again, this is advanced stuff that I'm not an X's and O's expert like that, but everyone I listen to says it was really derelict. It was really malpractice to keep doing the same thing. And now I'm thinking, okay, but Andy Reid looked very distracted. And again, we can't know for sure, but it seems like if your child, your son potentially has real jeopardy, right? Or even if it's just the idea that, because if you think about it, if you're a parent, and I'm not saying this is what he should feel, but if you're a parent and your kid does something reckless and that causes harm to an innocent person, the parent feels responsibility for that, too, if not a lot. So maybe it's worry about how the legal outcome is going to be. Maybe it's you know guilt or anguish over uh, an innocent being hurt. And the fact he's on the coaching staff on top of it makes it even a bigger distraction for Kansas yeah, City. Yeah, that's interesting. I would almost think maybe less just because, well, no, having the coach out for sure, right? But I don't know how important that is. But in a way, him being able to work with them every day and stuff, I guess to some degree you're going to feel like you're having more of a role. If your kid's off somewhere and you only talk to him three times a year, it's hard to feel like you're connected and, and helping. But who knows, right? But what we know is that he didn't seem to be his normal self. And in the post-game press conference, Andy Reid said he started talking about the accident first. 
And then he said, all right, let's get to talk about this game. Or uh, the, this game is what he said. It was like it was a preseason game. It was like, here, we got to talk about this now, and then I can go. And I get it. It's just, man, if you're, if you're that disengaged after the game, it's probably a sign you weren't all that engaged during the game. I wouldn't blame him if he wasn't. But now the question is this. Okay, so Andy Reid does a lot on offense. We know that from everyone that came from him, from Peterson all the way down the, the Andy Reid trees, how much he does do on offense. But wouldn't Biennemi be in a position to step up? So, like, if Andy Reid – I don't think Andy Reid was saying, don't make any changes no matter what you do. He, his, his mind probably wasn't working in a creative way. Maybe what we saw here is one of the reasons Biennemi's not – getting much attention. And it doesn't even seem like Jonas is in, in competition for these jobs. I mean, he's even getting interviewed? I mean, he's gotten interviewed, but from what I heard is that a year ago he bombed a couple interviews. Um, they're not really sure what it is that he does specifically on the staff. Um, he's the offensive mm-hmm. coordinator, but, you know, not not calling plays, which isn't the end of the world. There's a lot of coaches that, that haven't call, called plays that haven't gotten jobs. But he didn't interview well, and then – when he was brought in, for whatever reason, teams this year were going to go in different directions and wanted to hire different guys. Dayball, the offensive coordinator for the Bills, had a much better year if you consider calling plays and all that for Buffalo. He didn't get a job either. So there's there's a couple names out there like that. Yeah, I guess that's Jonas Knox. We're straight out of Vegas. But here's my thought, though. In general, if you said, what's the hot meter on the coach – Dayball is someone I would say he was right at the top of the hot yeah. meter. Yeah. And for whatever reason, he didn't get any – maybe he maybe he turns – I don't know. But I, my sense with Biennemi is he, he was uh, not hot and, and mild. And like you said, you know, the, the Bears coach came from the Andy Reid tree, obviously didn't call plays. Peterson didn't call plays. Biennemi hasn't called – now, to some degree, would we say maybe – some of the trees falling out of favor. I mean, Peterson just got fired, right? I don't know. But what I know is this, is I can't imagine the scenario that Kansas City in a normal circumstance would have been that uh, inflexible, Wouldn't had, had so few adjustments when Tampa had a dominating first move. Right, their first move was dominating the Kansas City offense, and Kansas City's offense didn't do anything differently. And if Biennemi didn't have the right answer, that's damning. And if Biennemi didn't have the agency, the right to somehow get his voice heard, if Andy Reid wasn't really coming up with anything, that's an indictment. That's Andy Reid saying, "I don't take this guy seriously." Now, again, I don't know exactly what happened at all. But let's be candid. If you're hiring your coach, and let me ask you this, Fez, if you're hiring a coach and his last game before he becomes your head coach is as the OC for Kansas City, Andy Reid's got the thousand-yard stare on the sidelines, and that's not funny. And then, and then, and then, Kansas City makes no adjustments. You're thinking, why isn't my guy doing something? Isn't he supposed to be responsible for this offense? I know he's not really. I mean, boy, I, I think, and I haven't heard this discussed, 
how does that not make him look bad? It does make him look bad. And there were two options. You nailed it. We could have done more screens, more draws. And just running the ball. Kansas City was successful running the ball throughout the game, and they just abandoned it way too early. But that's an example, I think, of the lack of discipline. Or, or maybe the better way to say it is the lack of wanting to do the tough work. Right. Mm. It's kind of like, you know, how if you're waking up every morning at 630 and all, you get one day to sleep in. It's like, great. But then a year later, for whatever reason, you can sleep in whenever you want. You got to get up once at 630. It's a whole different ball game. And Kansas City, it seemed to work. It seems like they haven't kept the, the, the grunt work muscle. Maybe not grunt work, but they don't want to do things that aren't fun. They want to transcend uh, the rules. And, and, and to me, running the ball is boring. Screen passes are boring. Just let Mahomes scramble like Fran Tarkenton, and with, he'll throw some amazing pass. It didn't work here. Yeah, the cheetah's going to make a play until he didn't make a play in the Super Bowl. I'm R.J. Bell straight out of Vegas. We got odds on Watson's next team. So the Dolphins. Now, this is if he leaves, if he leaves Houston. Now, I saw another set of odds that had Houston as a small favorite, meaning like plus 250. So really, the betting market's saying there's a real good chance, you know, much better than 50% Watson's leaving. Yes, and what's especially telling, Houston right now in the future odds, they're 100 to 1. They're last in the NFL, RJ. When was the last time you saw a team have a top five quarterback currently, but be last in the future's odds? Never. I agree. I mean, that's the reason I liked them over seven and a half entering the year, Houston. So, uh, you know, about a two thirds chance that he stays in Houston based upon the odds. If he leaves, if Watson leaves, the favorite, co favorites, Miami Dolphins plus 350, three and a half to one, Jets plus 350, three and a half to one. Then the Carolina Panthers four to one right there. And remember, Carolina was is surging here. They were like seven to one not that long ago. San Francisco 49ers eight to one. So Jonas, if you had to make a bet, would you bet Watson stays or would you bet and, and, and check that now. I actually had that reversed. The fact that it was plus 250 is saying that the odds are significantly less than 50 percent that Watson will stay in Houston. Right, so my uh, plus two fifty seventy five percent chance he leaves. All right, so seventy five percent chance he leaves. I inverted that. My apologies. And then if he does leave, Miami Jets, then Carolina, then San Fran. Jonas, where where do you put the Jonas Knox dollar? If I were going to bet on an NFC team for him to go to, or for a team that he's going to get traded to, it would be a team in the NFC. Because if things have been this contentious, they're not going to want to see him in conference, and they're not going to want to do any favors. So I would look at an NFC team, whether it's Carolina, whether it's San Francisco, maybe Atlanta as a dark horse team. They've got a number four pick. They've got a quarterback they could send back if they can work out the contract. But I would look at NFC if I were going to place money on this. They might. I mean, how much would they have to hate Matt Ryan to send him uh, send him to Houston? I mean, that's like going to Siberia on Hogan's Heroes or the the Western Front, I think, and on Hogan's yes. Heroes. Now, to me, I never understood ever, never the whole. I don't want to send him to someone in division or someone in conference. If you think you're making a good trade, you think that the the, the team is net improving. Whoever you trade with is net losing, right? So if I train Fez for, you know, uh, 
he's got two books, I've got a magazine, I'm trying to trade him. If I make a trade, I think I got the best of the deal, right? Mm-hmm. So if you now I get it. I guess if you're being forced to trade someone and you know you're not going to get true value back, then you don't want to trade to someone that then that value hurts you. But in normal cases, if I'm making a trade, I'd love to trade with my biggest rival because the theory is if I do the trade, I think I have the best of it, right? Absolutely. And I think so, it's so just... So what's, what's the craziness where no one wants that? Because there's just that small chance that the guy you trade suddenly outperforms and now it's mud in your eye whenever you play that team. But if it's 80% chance and he's sitting on the bench or whatever, then I feel good about it. Yes. All right. We'll take our first break. When we come back, we're going to finish up all about the quarterbacks. We got the odds for Carson Wentz, where he's going to go, and we're going to reflect upon the Rams deal. I think in hindsight, in hindsight, the Rams deal for Stafford looks better and better. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with intervention. I disagree with protocol. If you speak out against the words, then the heavens gonna fall. The I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments from now, we will get back into the quarterback carousel in the NFL. And we're going to talk about Dak. Yes, Prescott in the mix here. Great day to join. This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled in the last year plus. Thank you so much for the support. Great football season in the books. Fez talking about cashing all his tickets. We're going to make this a great February and March through March Madness and beyond. (laughs) You can listen to us on FoxSportsRadio.com. You can go there, find out what local station has Fox Sports Radio, or listen to the stream right there. Here in Vegas, on the Strip, 69 degrees, the neon is chugging. RJ, there's a bundle of quarterbacks potentially on the move. We've already seen one blockbuster trade, Stafford for Goff. Now the rumors are out there about not only Deshaun Watson, but also Carson Wentz. All right, so Carson Wentz, we have his odds. If he's traded, so if he's not traded, no bet. If he's traded, the favorite, Chicago Bears, even money. The Colts, plus 150. So 100 wins you 100 for the Bears. 100 wins you 150 for the Colts. Then it's a big drop. Denver, 8-1. to one. Washington, 9-1. to one. Carolina, 12-1 to one for Carson Wentz. Okay. Fez, we're going to talk about Deshaun Watson versus all these quarterbacks just to get a sense of who's gaining what relative to Watson. Because if you're a team like the 49ers, if you're a team like the Jets, um, and again, the Jets obviously are going to have to make a decision before the draft, right? Or, or find a way to make this happen before the draft. But it strikes me that you might be able to sign a Wentz. You might be able to sign a Darnold. <clears throat> and... But then you're, then you're eliminated from the Watson sweepstakes. But if you fall short in the Watson sweepstakes, then what? You're 
picking off the scrap heap at that point. Big right? time, yes. So now the 49ers are in a little better shape because they got Jimmy. I mean, Jimmy G's the fallback. That's not so bad. So I think it's important to realize, though, how much better Watson is because Watson had, and a lot of people don't realize this because the team was so bad, his best year as a pro, and it wasn't even close. A great step forward for Watson this year. On a bad team, it was amazing how well he played. And there's no reason to think he doesn't keep going. And you could make the case that Watson had the second-best statistical season after Aaron Rodgers this year. He's that good. You've got him only one-and-a-half points better, but it sounds right, than Stafford. Three-and-a-half points better Watson is than Wentz. That seems a little low. Now, we also uh, got Brissett. Mariota and Goff, all equally rated, four points worse than Watson. So they're only a half point worse than Wentz. There's Wentz, then you drop a half a point, you got Brissett, you got Mariota, you got Goff. Okay, let's talk about a few others. Dak Prescott versus Watson. Only a half point difference. Got Prescott rated very highly. Under what, like, what's the rationale? Four of the last, three of the last four years, he was a top five quarterback statistically. Okay, so when you say statistically, you mean the QBR? Yeah, he finished fourth in QBR three of the past four years. Small sample last he was exa- year. He was exactly fourth. He was, he didn't even qualify in QBR last but, year, did but he? he was fourth if he had. <laughs> but he didn't. He only played five games. Yes. So. He didn't. So you're saying two out of four years he was okay in QBR. <laughs> so he's got to be. Uh, thank God you're not a GM. Let's just say. That. I mean, I mean Dallas doesn't even want to sign Dak. Apparently. I mean, let's just say they're they're in no hurry to sign. I mean, if you, it's interesting. If you, one of the things that Watson did so extraordinary this year was yards per attempt. One of your favorite analytics, eight point nine yards per attempt. The, I mean, literally, that was first. Kirk Cousins was next, 8.3. Aaron Rodgers, 8.2. Then Mahomes. Then Josh Allen. That's a top five. And think about this. An average quarterback in the NFL is seven and a half yards per attempt. So the f- number five, Allen, was four-tenths of a yard above. Right? Okay. But Allen to Watson was a full yard. So the distance from average to, to number five, four-tenths of a yard, 250% of that, double it, and then a half more got you to Watson. Watson's in another stratosphere. Like Aaron Rodgers, when he was having his best seasons, was up around seven, nine, or eight. This is like all-time stuff here from Watson. I don't see Dak on that list, but I don't know. <laughs> so at some, to some degree, do you... So your list of quarterbacks would be like it would be like Watson. You said fourth, so you got Dak fifth. Yes. And who's sixth, seventh, and eighth? Josh Allen sixth. Oh my gosh! You th- so you would rather have Dak than Josh Allen? You do realize that that the market or the uh, NFL totally disagrees with you. I realize that, and probably I should be downgrading Dak because I'm assuming he's going to come back 100. But I'm saying even if he did come back 100, percent he's not as good as he never had a year. I mean, Jonas, where would you? How would you compare Josh Allen and Dak? 
I think the upside, and if you're talking about just best play during their career, Josh Allen's ceiling has gotten higher than Dax has. And so I would think he's... But his, le- his basic level of play was higher this year too, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah, I, w- I would think so. I would think that Josh Allen's much closer to, to, to Deshaun Watson. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if there were some people who would take Josh Allen over Deshaun Watson, but both of those ahead of Dak at this point. And, and I think, again, because of upside, because you could make the case, yeah. and this is something that um, Cosell uh, was saying on The Herd a couple, maybe a month ago now, is the idea that Josh Allen is the most talented when it comes to tools, characteristics, measurables, the most talented quarterback in the NFL. Arm strength, mm. height, speed, I mean, the things that you measure at a combine. Now that he's hitting you with the performance, oof. I mean, uh, I mean, remember, Dak was a fourth-round pick. There's a reason he was a fourth-round pick, and it's something that, you know, literally there's debates on these shows does, is Dak even able to, like, is he even able to enter that highest strata? Meaning, has he maybe reached his limit here as, like, the best version of a guy that doesn't have max tools? He, he He's limited physically to some degree, but with his ability, he's maxed it out. I think that you got to give him a ton of credit, but he just doesn't. You don't go in the fourth. Now, again, Brady, right? But, you know, that's the once every 20-year thing. We'll see. I'm rooting for Dak, and obviously there's still the injury consideration. But okay, Fez in love with Dakota Prescott. <laughs> I think he was Thurston Howe's cousin from Gilligan's Island, but <laughs> that was so smart branding-wise. They said, we don't want it to be Dakota Prescott. <laughs> I mean, Dak sounds like if, if you were going to fight Jonas after, um, you know, during, let's say, recess, Dakota Prescott, would you be worried? <laughs> no, I'm not worried about that. But Dak Prescott, yeah, I'm Dakota, thinking he's a scrapper. Yeah, Dakota Prescott sounds like a cartoon. When you get one name and it's just Dak, I'm not messing with that guy. That's what I'm saying. It was a smart move. It was just as smart as it was dumb for Zeke to go to Cabo. <laughs> I mean, those are the, the seminal foundational moves. Okay, Prescott a half point worse or below Watson, Sam Darnold. Four and a half points worse. So, so you have Darnold only a half point worse than Goff. Yes. What is wrong with you? Well, that's a big difference, <laughs> you know? I mean, a half a point? Yeah. It's the smallest difference you have, right? <laughs> Fair enough. So the big difference is the smallest difference. Well, it makes a big difference in where a quarterback's ranked because so many quarterbacks are, I have as one and a half points worse than an average quarterback. Okay, but what I'm saying is, I don't. You're bringing up a lot of points that have nothing to do with the fact that Sam Darnold is going is, is the way he's played right now. He should not be in the league. If Sam Darnold was a fifth round pick, he'd be out of the league right now. I agree. Okay, so you think Goff is almost out of the league? No. I mean, listen, I'm not saying I don't like Sam Darnold. My name is Casper. But I don't like Sam Darnold. <laughs> All right. Matt Ryan? Two and a half point downgrade. Wow. So you got Dakota Prescott two points better than Matt Ryan. I do. So the distance from Dakota Prescott to Matt Ryan is four times the distance from Jared Goff to Sam Darnold. Yes. Ooh. 
And Jimmy G? Jimmy G, three and a half point downgrade. Hmm. So you got Jimmy G better than golf. I can accept that. And finally, Trubisky. Trubisky, four point downgrade. All right. So what we're saying here is we got a big chunk in the in the twenty around twenty two to twenty five, right where Brady was in your rankings, right? I mean, he was a half point batter. Yeah, nineteenth. <laughs> and what we're seeing is Watson is at the very top of the heap, and to me, Stafford is right there. I mean, a point and a half, but he's right there, and it's why the Rams getting him and getting rid of Goff was so so important. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Straight Out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. Take our final break here. When we come back, two things. One, we're going to give you the odds on where Russell Wilson would go if he leaves. And Fez has three early likes Picks even, you could say, on next year's Super Bowl odds. Three Super Bowl bets for you to consider this far ahead from Fez. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm RJ Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan, and coming to you live from the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio studios. Call Farmers today for a quote. And RJ, we've been talking today about the quarterback carousel in the NFL, what's appearing to be a very busy offseason at that position in the National Football League. Yeah, and to wrap that up, Russell Wilson on the Dan Patrick Show right here on Fox Sports Radio and said some stuff that really had the talking heads talking. If he leaves or is traded from Seattle, the destination, most likely, the Las Vegas Raiders, 3-1, to one, Dallas Cowboys, 6-1, to one, Jacksonville Jags, 7-1, to one, the Washington football team, 8-1. to one. So this is going to be exciting, but don't forget there's a domino effect on these with these quarterbacks and someone's going to be left kind of like when the music stops without a good one. We know that for sure. But we got Faz's three picks for the Super Bowl early, Jonas. That's right. Steve Fezzik is already at it. It is already a time to look ahead for the Super Bowl next year. Fez, who are your three picks for next year's Super Bowl? First, real quick, you probably aren't betting all of these. So I said, give me your. You're not a futures guy because the odds sometimes aren't great. But these are the teams based on the market right now that you like. The three you think are the most underrated. Yes, Baltimore Ravens, sixteen to one. Oh my gosh, this is to win the Super Bowl. Yes. So to win the Super Bowl, you got to beat good teams. <laughs> you do. So I mean, we did some work here, McKenziePregame.com research is in Lamar Jackson's career when he is favored by more than a field goal. So a clear favor, 25-5, and outstanding. As good as any team against overmatched competition, Baltimore and Lamar Jackson. When he's not favored by more than a field goal, 7-7. and It's 500. Don't win many Super Bowls 7-7. and 
what, what? How do you think Lamar Jackson gets better at what is, and, and this team gets better at what is clearly their problem? Because that's what to go over a win total, I can deal with on the season. Why Super Bowl? Because I think they have an excellent chance to get the home field advantage. This is a team. All right, here we go. Here, I so Baltimore <laughs> sixteen to one. The Rams are right there, right? They're fifteen All right, right now. Let's do this. I'll take the Rams. You take Baltimore. We'll bet a thousand bucks. If one of them win the Super Bowl, the other one owes the you know a thousand. And if neither do, we don't have any bet. Awesome. All right, you got uh, literally about a minute and a half to do your next two. So go. San Francisco 49ers, fifteen to one. What's the rationale? Injuries. Everything just, went wrong. Might get a good quarterback. Jimmy G went down, and hey, we well, might Jimmy upgrade. Jimmy G going down isn't necessarily. Well, we the might problem. upgrade not just from Mullins to Jimmy G, and let's face it, that talent on that team still there from their Super Bowl run two years ago. I agree. I mean, the injuries were uh, in a way unprecedented, and obviously Shanahan's an excellent coach. So we got Baltimore. We've got San Francisco, and we got Buffalo Bills, fourteen to one. You know, you can make a case that the Bills are playing as well as anybody at the end of this year, and Josh Allen's continuous development. He was such a great quarterback this year. If he gets even better, Buffalo is going to be really hard to knock off. But not really any better than Dakota Prescott, <laughs> as great as he is. Boy, you're eating some chalk here, aren't you? You said I don't think I can bet. So you don't like Kansas City, even though they're still what, what six to one? 525. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you loved Kansas City, didn't you, in general? I did. Oh, he's wavering. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, we've got our $1,000 bet. Jonas, whose bet do you like better in that? Rams or do you like uh, him and the Baltimore Ravens? I kind of like Baltimore just because I think it's a little bit easier path. To be honest with you. Mm, I'm feeling yeah. pretty good. Thanks, Jonas. <laughs> we are back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio. And as always, you can check out the show on the iHeartRadio app. Straight out of Vegas! 